trapped between the right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. on the floor, Aaron. Please pick that up for us. Yep. Uh, the floor. <laughs> you get real nervous when people this walk pile. towards you. Yeah. <laughs> this pile over here. Um, <laughs> what are you doing over there? There's nothing over there. <laughs> he gets he's like a cornered animal. He's very aggressive. Territorial. What you, hey, 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 watch where you're stepping. Walk to the fridge. Just watch where you're stepping. Uh, yeah, thank you, Aaron. Um, Carr, I uh, took the opportunity to uh, I made this drawing for you uh, this is my um, let's call this blueprints for the Carcadian party extension oh hey do you notice uh, I just noticed the line on mine was behind you guys does that make a difference on the recording I, yeah. you know what you should be behind us how about that alright Hey, as long as it doesn't fuck it up. You should be behind. And you know what? If it does fuck up your audio, I'm still going to release the episode. That's that's standard operating procedure. Yep. And that's what they're going to get. All right. <laughs> <I like laughs> that is, that's what they will get. So what do you got for me, Bird? Why don't you slide that piece of paper over across here? Take that. Um, those are my plans for the party extension. Um, I'm thinking that in three to five years, we'll probably have been targeted... Uh, by some sort of a group that's going to shut Childerberg down. Mm -hmm. I figured I would pass you along my plans. Maybe we buy an RV, extend the house, you know, party, party, party RV. Oh, okay. Little Childerberg yeah, like of our own. Yeah. Take All right, it well, that's in the plans. Okay. That's in the plans, then. I'll file that away in my cabinet here next to the pile. Took me four hours to draw that out, believe it or not. Oh, it looks great. Did a the good inch job. work is excellent. Gorbachev died. Yes, yeah. I, I forgot he was alive. Psyched that fucking Gorbachev. So, Gorbachev. So had he actually been alive all this time? He was alive. I had no idea. I, yeah. He must have been oh. like 100. Gorbachev, he was 94 years old, and he died. Yeah, Gorbachev. that's what he gets. I don't know what who Gorbachev is. He's the one where Reagan was like, mother, you motherfucker. Open up this wall, right? Isn't that? <laughs> Open it up. Something, something like that. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, build this wall. Mr. Gorbachev, you're testing my fucking patience. <laughs> oh my God, he speaks. <laughs> he speaks so true. Jimmy Carter just wasn't the right guy. He didn't have the voice. Didn't have. The he balls. didn't have the voice. He didn't uh. have the balls. Um, reading about Jimmy Carter the other day. Yeah. Not a fan. No. Nope. And by reading, I mean listening to what Steve Bannon basically has to say about. Well, you might as well be reading. It's equally, it's an equally intellectual process. Mm -hmm. That's very true. 
That's a you good know point, Aaron. You know what's funny about War Room? I've been what's again, that? I've been listening. <laughs> you know how many people we've gotten listening to this fucking I show? Know, by ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we got them. <laughs> we, we've, it Bannon has these like weird like political quirks. Like he's kind of a climate guy. Yeah, a little bit. He's yes, a little bit of an environmentalist. Yeah, that's kind yes. of funny. There was but one other know, thing. A lot of those guys are a little bit environmental. That's so bizarre. And then there was one yeah. other thing that he was that he was kind of beating the drum on, and it was just really bizarre to hear. I can't remember what it was, but notable thing about <laughs> him is they're all anti-war. Well, yeah, sure. Like, like they are anti-war, but again, they all do that Republican thing we were talking about the other day, where they're like, "It's not the troops on the ground; it's just the generals," mm-hmm. and they can't they can't make the leap uh, yeah. on that. But they are mostly anti-war, except they're all China hawks. I'll also add that yeah. addendum to it. Yeah. They're all China gonna, hawks. I was just yes. going to say, like, listening to him talk about China, you want to go to war with China. I, I almost, And I almost think that that completely blows up my entire idea of them being anti-war because that war would be so big. Right. <clears throat> well, It would be the war. I think Steve Bannon is, like, the one person I'm willing to, like, trust the plan with. And I think what he's doing is uh, he's uh, appealing to the nationalist sentiment. And um, but I don't know. He's he's one guy that I, I kind of trust that if, if he were to ever get in power, I doubt he would actually go to war with China. I mean, he he of all people would know the absolutely disastrous consequences of it. Oh and yeah, not absolutely. just the not the immediate conse- not just the immediate consequences of oh we're in an open hot war with a really um, I don't even know if I want to say powerful. I mean, a, a country that could inflict a lot of pain is yeah. maybe the way I would put it. But also, I'm just not sure what there is to gain from it. Like, it's not a war that you can like, you know, whether I agree with it or not. I have a list of a hundred things we could gain. By, you think? Yeah, by by cutting down China's sphere of influence, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but do you need to have a war to do that? Uh, I think. Yeah, I guess in in, in terms, terms of, of China's reward. foreign policy, they they would rather not. But they're definitely not going to cede any ground whatsoever in Southeast Asia. What's one of their What's one of their spheres of influence to you? Like, what's one area that falls into their sphere of influence? Uh, the South China Sea, Spratly Islands, Scarborough Shoals, um, you know, that that whole potentially mineral-rich area. What do you think about, do you think about Taiwan? I, I I think that's kind of a national pride thing for them. I don't think it – well, it, I, I don't know. It, it might present some type of strategic value, but I don't know. I think it's mostly like a national pride So you're thinking about raw thing. materials mainly yeah, then? I'm thinking about literally trillions – like – Take all of the money in the world's economy, and then like that's how much minerals are potentially in these areas. Are okay, you... but to play devil's advocate, like there's there's minerals every. I mean, somebody's gonna have to get them out of the ground. I mean, you know, if we if we have political influence in that area, then we're getting them out of the ground. What's why? Think... Why not just buy them from China? Well, I mean, because then China gets to use them for what they want to use them for, and then we don't. Oh, okay. We get, you know, we're talking about like rare earth metals and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Reason- that To me, to me, that sounds a little bit like, and I'm not saying that, that you or Steve Bannon are wrong here, just couched in, especially for you and me, Aaron, our lifetimes, you know, how many times have we gone to war because of minerals and come out with nothing? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that you know, would be. So it, it, I mean, it's, it's a little bit dubious to be like, oh, there's minerals there and going to war and then we get minerals. I, it's, I, I don't know that 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 is that is a. a I think to if B you see kind of thing, it, it always ends up being really convoluted. If you take into account like the speed of development for all of those countries in that area and uh, all of them are jockeying for, um, I guess, energy independence, food independence. Um, that's there's there's a huge incentive for them to have those those uh, mining rights, those fishing rights, that uh, that economic exclusion zone slash, uh, you know, 12 mile national waters and to be able to enforce that. And that's kind of the uh, the, the chess game over there. I'm not, I, so, so I don't know. I I'm kind of an, in the car skepticism camp of. Um, there's minerals everywhere, basically. And it's who has the infrastructure to take them out of the ground in that area. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I think Taiwan is is the chess piece that it is. It's all the infrastructure is already there for a particular thing the world needs. Yeah. But I just, um, and this kind of, I guess, coincides with the, uh, like the live golf tournament and, and Donald Trump at the live golf tournament talking about, we don't know who did nine 11. Um, and the Steve Bannon, uh, who I don't think would, there'd be a hot war against China. If Steve Bannon had his way, basically either. I, I think Steve Bannon would prefer to pull stuff out of the ground from other places. Um, I, I feel like the Saudis are looking around at, you know, the, what, what they're putting out into the world and going, wow, well, all right, our commodity is, it's not what it used to be. It's kind of under attack. Um, what else can we do here? And they seem to be positioning themselves uh, into a lot of like mineral uh, production, specifically mm-hmm. like the microchip related ones. Not that I think that's, that's not the only thing the world needs, but that's something that kind of uniquely to Taiwan um, if, if there was some other com- competi- competing uh, entity, they probably would stand to gain a lot by creating uh, some semiconductor factories and microchip factories. And I, I feel I read somewhere that like this is the idea going into the next decade for the Saudis is that they're going to start producing, you know, tech stuff. So I, I don't know. I, I might I just to reiterate, like. I understand that there's a lot to gain there, but the reality of gaining it is what always kind of gives me pause. Like what, like, what does that look like? I mean, in order to gain influence there and to break China or something like that, if, if that involves a a war, I mean, what it would look like is essentially like a Filipino company would start extracting whatever it is in the Scarborough Shoals. uh And, uh, that Filipino company's exclusive client would be, uh, us corporations. Okay. Okay, and to do that, to do that, we would just have to be the the big, the big boy in that region. Yeah, we would have to uh, enforce freedom of navigation in those contested yeah. areas. Okay, yeah, that's okay. that's okay. What that amounts to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess if it could get done, it's just it always seems like in reality when when the when the ball starts rolling on anything like this, uh, at least in the last thirty or forty years, you know, it, it, the the scope just drifts aimlessly towards anything. And we, and at the end of the day, when you're doing it, when you're, when you're, 
when the uh, commanding outfit that is dictating the procedures to get to this destination, the destination being exclusive control over these waters, when that commanding outfit is a political outfit, it is rife for, uh, uh, I mean, corruption is kind of a lame word to use, but like all these competing interests start coming in both domestically and abroad, and then you just end up with a mess. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, and, and it's all because everybody's walking this diplomatic tightrope. And, um, you know, one day they'll they'll try to cool things down and, you know, they'll they'll draw down. And, you know, the, the Filipino fishing boats that are getting yelled at by China will fucking go back into port. Blown up. Or, yeah. Or or like they'll shoot a warning shot and things will heat up and like the whole cycle just continues again and it'll. And I mean, we know a lot of it has to do with internal, you know, the domestic situation in China. Like they're all about, you know, keeping their population distracted and in check and all that. And a lot of it's about like messaging to other countries. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see they sent a, I don't know if this was real or not, but they sent a drone over Taiwan. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I that today. What I don't was the deal with that? Because I just saw. The I don't know, man. They were just throwing rocks at it or something, yeah. right? Uh, I thought they shot at it. Uh, I saw them throwing rocks, but yeah, there. Then there were multiple videos of like, yeah, soldiers and citizens like looking up at the drone and. Oh, all right. Yeah, throwing stuff at it. Yeah, certainly. Um, it's 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 gonna it's gonna pop off, man. I think we're about four weeks from my prediction ending away. Oh yeah. Um. A lot of money on that one, so so we'll see how it goes. Um, I wanted to uh, begin this episode. Well, I guess I did with the Gorbachev dead. He's dead and gone. I wanted to go through some. I'm scrolling on my phone. I'm reading online. The top New York Post headlines of the week. Okay. Number one. I told people my boyfriend was my uncle. I was ashamed of our 37-year age gap. Okay. Number two. Monkey hunters accidentally shoot tranquilizer into woman who reported rogue ape. Could use the word rogue. Three. Truck spills nearly 300,000 tomatoes on California highway after it overturned. Mm. Hmm. Four. Jared Kushner has second thyroid surgery. Full recovery expected. All right. Five. Pilot threatens to end flight due to airdrop nudes. Quit sending naked pictures. And then finally, six. One nation divisible. Two in five Americans say a civil war is likely, Paul finds. <laughs> yeah, oh, was, uh, I rock hard now. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> you ended it with a bang. Yeah. That's a that's a big number, isn't that? Yeah, seems like it. 40% of the country is just shrugging the their shoulders and saying, yes, yeah, we're going to get into a hot war in here with each other, probably. Car, so. yeah. Car, 40%. It's, it's <laughs> 10 people in a room. Four people in the room are going, man, there's going to be a civil war soon, huh? Yeah. Looking at the other six <laughs> people other in the six. room yeah. who are going, what are you talking about? And those are the people who make the civil war start. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. It's that's getting a big hot. number. It's getting hot in here. 
It's getting a little warm. I'll turn the AC on. It's getting a little bit warm in this country for four out of ten Americans to say likely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This isn't like four out of ten Americans express dissatisfaction with current political regime. It's four out of ten Americans (laughs) casually think a civil war is imminent. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) That's fucked up. I don't think if you... I gotta. One thing I have to wonder is like, how was this test presented to people? Yeah, of course. Because I gotta really like in my own mind, and I'm you know we are here to entertain, so my mind is a little bit fucking dumb. Like it's it's I got an entertainment brain, so like I want the civil war to happen, and I'm not sure if you ask me, hey, do you think a civil war is likely? I would say yes. Right. I would say no. I would I would probably say no. I don't think it's likely. I still don't think we're there. So, Even I would say no. So th- okay, a- then that's crazy because we- if three, there's three of us here, three insane people on a podcast yeah. who who want who probably want to see <laughs> yeah. at least a divorce, like the national divorce trope. Like, I'm trying don't to, don't think it's likely. Not I'm trying it's to not. Like, think about how they worded the question, like. Do you want to open fire on your it. local school board meeting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's look more into it. Were any of the other ones interesting to you? Because I'll just go right into this one. Go into this one. Okay. I'm going to this one. The tomato thing was a tragedy, by the way. Yeah, I heard uh, there's like a tomato shortage or something like that. Yes, too. right. Exactly. That's yeah. why it's a tragedy. Right. It's a big tragedy. Um, okay. <clears throat> the majority of Americans believe political divisions have worsened since the beginning of 2021, a new poll finds, and that two out of five think a civil war is likely to break out within the next decade. About two-thirds of Americans say Americans have become more split politically since the start of 2021, and they are largely pessimistic about the future of the United States. 63% say separations are to be expected to increase. 62% said predicting political violence, uh, they, they predicted political violence would worsen over the next few years. By the way, you're, there's one guy on this podcast who predicted political violence would get worse within the next few days. So that sets me in one area, to, to, and then I don't believe the other thing about the Civil War being likely. Only 8% of the country, though, is, says that the country is less divided. They actually believe things are better. Eight percent. I, I, I can't know even imagine. Are. Yeah, I, you, I'd love to be like, how? Because you know these are these like NPR brain podcast people. Yeah, is the only group of people who could ever spin their heads around that. Asked about the likelihood of a country uh, that the country will be torn apart in a civil war within the next ten years. Fourteen percent said very likely. 29% said somewhat likely. 24% said not very likely. And 11% said not likely at all. Another 22% said they aren't sure. 79% of Republicans, though, believe that political tensions have gotten worse. They believe that uh, 59% of Democrats believe that tensions have gotten worse. Everybody basically believes things are only getting worse. And finally, I guess the last stat on here, 
54% of respondents who identify as Republicans believe it is very likely that the U.S. will engage in a civil war. So the, it's the Republicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I that mean, would make sense. There's a, in this show called War Room. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's, and the room is the United States, as it turns out. We might not be taking it seriously enough, I guess. Maybe not. Maybe there. Maybe January 6th was uh, a coup, after can all. You, can you imagine this mm-hmm. podcast not taking something seriously enough? 40% of people at least think that's very <laughs> unlikely <laughs> that I've pulled. 59% of Republicans think yeah, it's think very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's pretty intense, huh? Yeah. Um, um, I was telling you, Carr, that um, before we got on here, <clears throat> I had to select all of those <clears throat> those um, New York Post headlines. Um, so I, I was doing that, and I was checking today's, and I saw this really interesting headline. It was something like... Uh, Twitter had plans for an OnlyFans competitor. And I was like, okay, I'd never heard about this. This doesn't even seem like something that Twitter would be into. But I started to read the article. This is like 20 minutes before we got on. They're calling I, it Twitter. <laughs> what? The, yes, actually. <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah. So in, in spring... Just not long ago, Twitter was making uh, – there was conversations in the Twitter boardrooms about making a major change to the platform, which would be firstly monetization and secondarily adult content monetization. So they there was a proposal that was – this is all like – there was a, a investigative story that broke that revealed a lot of the inside uh, people working at Twitter, what was going on. Um, they There was a proposal that was put out. Uh, to give adult content creators the ability to sell content in an OnlyFans-style paid subscription service. Um, They were going to push this out by the end of the year. And had the project been approved, um, Twitter had estimated that despite the backlash from its advertisers, it would double company revenue. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, did they do the math? Like, and yes. take into account, like, you know, all the people that are going to leave the platform and then all the advertisers. But I guess they did. That would yes. be absolutely amazing. Yeah. The service obviously was not, it was going to generate more than enough. Um, OnlyFans, for instance, I think it was, it was two billion or two, like two, I think it was two and a half billion dollars in revenue is what OnlyFans pulled in which is depressing (laughs) so that's half of twitter's revenue so you're talking about twitter doubling revenue potentially which would be twice as much as OnlyFans is now yeah so it's a it's a huge it it was a huge project but before they got the the final um go ahead the the musk stuff started happening so uh, Elon Musk enters because th- this is in s- spring of 2022 when this began. So the Elon Musk purchase situation begins, um, and so as that's happening, there's a group that that already was formed called Red Team inside of Twitter. It was like 90 employees, and their their job was to basically be like a pressure test system to see if content creators. 
um, like what would happen and what would Twitter look like if adult content creators could monetize. Um, but when Musk starts uh, looking to buy Twitter, because of things Musk says, this project gets derailed. So the first reason it gets derailed is because they couldn't, Twitter couldn't guarantee that creators could safely sell subscriptions because they lacked the tools to verify legal age. Huh. So. Uh, it never stopped anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> As a result, though, when Musk agrees to buy the company, the Red Team project gets delayed. The report that they created also found that not only did they lack the tools to verify legal age, but secondarily and more importantly, that they lacked the tools to identify child pornography on the platform. So the Twitter's child pornography division, to give you an understanding, it's called the child safety department. They are hiring at present four child safety officers because of this scandal. So to give you an idea of the size of the team, it's minuscule. It's certainly not hundreds of people, right? So for a manual process, that's what they're doing. It's a manual process instead of almost basically every other platform that you can name uh, scans uh, it's called, um, I think it's called child, uh, child sexual explicit content, I think. But anyway, we'll call it child porn. Um, it's, it's more complex than that. Most companies use automated systems like photo DNA so that when you post a photo, photo DNA has like a, um, it stores images and memory of images a lot of the times with the faces, I mean, I think actually every time with the faces of anybody blurred out and it uses its memory bank to identify along with an AI to identify potential child pornogra- pornography. So this is a program that most companies are using. And earlier this year, Twitter doesn't use this program at all. It doesn't have an automated program for this. It's all manual. Yeah, it's all manual. Uh, the National Center for the for Missing and Exploited Children, that's one of the largest organizations uh, around child safety uh, in America. They uh, accused Twitter of leaving up videos of child sexual abuse um, and submitted uh, a brief to the Ninth Circuit. It was called like John Doe et al. versus Twitter. And in it, it says the child, the children informed the company that they were minors and that they had been baited, harassed and threatened into making videos. Yet the victims of sexual abuse under investigation uh, by law enforcement, uh, Twitter failed to remove the videos and allowed them to be viewed by hundreds of thousands of people and, and retweeted. So what this group, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, recommended just go and buy a tool that, yeah. that analyzes this data. It should be easy, and it can create hashes, share, uh, store them, and then it can use Stop them it to out. monitor like the platform. 
There's, they stand to make all this fucking money, but they can't afford to sub that out? They they cannot. So, all right. for some reason, right? For some reason, they can't. <laughs> oh, but, that's way but, too expensive. $200,000? Wow, that's way this too is, expensive. This is, if you work inside a major corporation, this is probably going to sound a lot more relatable. If you work in a department that gets ignored by yeah. the finance department, basically. Oh, that's me. Um, in <laughs> 2021... Uh, around the time of the Musk thing, this begins. One of the things that Musk said was, "We can't, we can't muster the resources to get a program that would be able to scan the amount of data that's coming into Twitter, unless it was in a ludicrous price." So this is one of the things that Twitter is saying is the reason why they cannot just buy out this service. I don't know. The other worst thing is perhaps the department isn't getting the funding that it needs. Because once Elon Musk comes in, you remember what Elon basically hinged the entire deal on? Can you verify whether or not people on Twitter are real? Ah. Yeah. It's a totally different department, right, that has yep. to do this. All of the money, all of the revenue in Twitter that has to be redirected, or all the profit generally, things that have to be redirected into the company for improvement, immediately when Musk says that, everything gets shifted into that department. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So now there's no money to purchase this tool, and you have – the irony of all this is – you have like people who work at Twitter who are coming out and saying Twitter is a platform where you can basically get away with with posting child pornography because they don't have the services available to police it effectively. So you literally have people basically going, hey, criminals, here's where you go. Yeah. So this is the situation. So I was reading this article. I was dumbfounded. I was like, I had no idea that, first of all, that Twitter was going to do an OnlyFans thing. It is a gigantic stream of income coming in if they manage to pull that off. I I, I just think it's crazy they, they're going from, like, zero policing on this to got, having to acknowledge they got five it. 50-year-old dudes scrolling through child yeah. porn and all, three Using of copy have, paste and three <laughs> of them have hashtag map in their bio <laughs> yeah yeah man that's uh it's probably closer to the truth uh <laughs> now they nixed the project it's it's basically over uh and mm. again in the reason why is um explicitly in twitter's charter like the government the government the the company Policy is zero tolerance for child pornography. So by the company policy and the board that overlooks Twitter, they are bound to follow that. Yeah. So they can't enter a project unless they can guarantee their zero tolerance policy. And Twitter is kind of by not carrying forward on these projects, implicitly admitting there is a implicit tolerance for child <laughs> pornography. So anyway, that's that's the that's what I was reading about. That's the Twitter scandal that's going on recently. Um, I don't know. That's that. No, that I makes have, uh, makes complete sense. Yeah, I don't. Know. We should probably get in the OnlyFans business. 
Good. Yeah. Yeah. Just three fucking... star, three guys, one bucket, one pod. <laughs> three guys, three guys, one, one pipe. pod. Crack pipe, three ladies. Cop, copper pipe. Three guys, one pod. <laughs> three guys lay pipe, but it's copper pipe. Nancy Pelosi. What's the first thing you think of? Fat tits. Yeah, that was good. Just checking. Uh, but we're going to talk about her husband today, fellas. Oh, yay. <laughs> Just wanted to know where your, your guys' brains were at. Um, so I'll start this up. Are you able to balance on one foot or another? No. So what we have here... Yeah, I don't, I don't want you to injure yourself if you can't. Um, is the video dash cam of Paul Pelosi getting his alcohol sobriety test. Yeah, field sobriety test. So this came out. He's he's shaking right now. I know you can't nice. see the video. It's very unnerving. It's very shaky on your on your, your legs, and I don't want you to fall over. So. He's like, well, I'm not gonna fall over. Okay, <laughs> you fucking pig. Well, just based, based on what I'm seeing, I don't feel comfortable having you perform the test because I don't want to. I don't want you to have the potential to fall over and hurt yourself. That's 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 not what I'm trying to accomplish. Is, are you are you willing to do the breathalyzer test? Right. No, I, I understand you want to go home. I, I understand that you you want to go home, but um, but you got to understand from my standpoint, right? You're involved in a crash. Right. I smell alcohol coming from your breath. I can see you're very unsteady on your feet. So so you see where where it's concerning to me. Right. Right. I, I understand. I understand what you told me, but on, on my end, uh, you got you also got to look at from my end. I, I smell the alcohol on, on your breath. I see how unsteady you are on your feet. So, ETN, no LLC. Mr. Bomberg is spot on, 30 seconds. He did finger count. I'm uh, Paul Pelosi. Uh, you can't arrest me. I like me. how the cop is just begging him for just a, an ounce of empathy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> from that, that from a yeah. lizard. That's very, very unlike any uh, traffic stop I've ever had. I don't know if I've ever had a cop uh, treat me with that much empathy or, or have that yeah. much. Uh, uh, he's borderline pleading with him to, to be reasonable. I understand you I, want to go home, sir. I want to go home to my wife's fat tits. I understand, f- sir. I understand, yeah. sir. They are very firm, sir. Yeah. <laughs> You think this is something they got at the highway? The California Highway Patrol has to do a lot. They got to pull up Paul. Oh, Paul Paul's over, back yeah, on the road. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Just, do you think they? Do you think they knew who it was? Yeah, I because they, doesn't it sound casual? Yeah, just some it, like it, politician's spouse or Fortune 500 CEO. Like, ugh, another one. Yep. Please, sir. Please, I just need you to watch my watch my finger. Yeah. Like if like it's almost like like car. If you were I don't know if you were car, you were having a moment. And you were being unreasonable. Like I would say to you, look, man, I understand that you want it to be okay, but like, let's resort. Can we work on this for now? Like, it's yeah. very much like a friend to friend. Yeah, yeah, it really. This guy is. might yeah. know him. Yeah, he might have. This might be the fifth time. All that all, night, all, <laughs> all, all saucy Paul got pulled saucy over in that Paul. county. Yep. Yeah, yeah. he. It, we we don't know because this is the thing. It. By the way, I, I do want to get a, ga- a gauge here. Is that humiliating? For the cop? No, for Paul Pelosi. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, probably. 
He'll, bit he'll get over it in like a week. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to gauge that because most certainly something more humiliating has happened to Paul Pelosi since that. Oh, no, really? Oh, yeah? News has come out about that very incident. Okay. Um, as if it couldn't get any worse for the guy, Paul Pelosi was booted from a police group because he flashed his ID card during that DUI arrest. Oh, wow. Yeah. The California Highway Patrol, uh, it's called like, I think it's called, yeah, 1199 Foundation, Mm -hmm. uh, sent Pelosi a letter that informed him of his termination from the lifetime membership he had. Oh, to the organization. Boy. Not so lifetime. The group requested in the letter, this is really bad, guys. The group requested in the letter that he return all CHP 1199 membership items that he possessed. Oh, no. Paul. So here's the deal. That's one of his cars. It's wow. probably like it's probably like clothing he owns, you know that he put on that he put on the group, you know, with the group credit card. It gets yeah. that gets sent to the Fed to print out every month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After this is what the letter reads. After evaluating the events that led to Mr. Pelosi's arrest and conviction, we are revoking Mr. Pelosi's lifetime membership with the CHP eleven ninety-nine foundation effective immediately. The mere presentation of his 1199 Foundation identification credentials to law enforcement made it appear that he was presenting them for preferential treatment, whether that was the case or not, which violates the terms and conditions he agreed to on his membership application. The mission of CHP 1199, founded in 1982, that's just one year after AIDS was created, Mm-hmm. is to provide emergency assistance to California Highway Patrol employees and scholarships to their children. New members of the group are required to undergo criminal and driving record background checks to ensure the foundation's reputation remains intact. So what was that? Because this can't be the first DUI. Right. So what kind of when did they do that test 47 fucking years ago <laughs> before the alcohol took over Oof. The group is refunding Pelosi all of his donation money to the group What once it receives <laughs> membership items <clears throat> citing standard membership termination processes So here's what I think about this story That little tidbit at the end right there that little tidbit at the end, that's benefiting somebody. And I yeah. think it's Paul Pelosi. I immediately thought laundering. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. we got him. We caught him on it. That's yep. it right there. That's the only reason why this happened. He said, hey, I just got a DUI. I need some money in my pocket to go and fund my, my Tobago trip mm-hmm. where I go and have sex with little kids. Yeah. And to do that, I need a couple milli. You know I put a few milli down on the CHP 1199. Give me that back. And then when I'm done in Tobago, I'll give it to the, I don't know, the CHP 12 1199. Right. I don't know. Right. So just give it to the next guy. <laughs> do it over again. <laughs> yeah. 
He'll he'll make it's a generous donation for whatever he has left, and then uh, they they will graciously accept him back in the fold. It's pretty great. It's got to be pretty great. So that's that king out of the way. Let's talk about another alcoholic king. John McAfee, is he alive? He might be. Yeah, he might be. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I thought he hung himself in a Spanish jail, but it turns out that one of his girlfriends, a Belizean Belizean woman named Samantha Herrera, says he faked his own death and moved to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You can go to hell. I'm going to Texas. <laughs> I'm going to Texas from the Spanish jail. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, she said, uh, I don't know if I should say. Women, you know, women, can I just? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> they always, they be, always be like this with the, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should say. And then some shit. Everybody gonna, knows. That's going to garner them a lot of attention. <laughs> Two weeks ago. After his death, I got a call from Texas. It's me, John. I paid off people to pretend that I'm dead, but I'm not dead. Herrera claims in the Netflix documentary. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of weird things that go on around his death. So could he be alive? Sure. Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, that dead man switch he said yeah, he had. Yeah, I forgot and then, like, about that. Nothing yeah, really the wha- happened. Yeah, so that's another theory. So the, obviously the main theory is that he died by suicide mm-hmm. in the cell. Yeah. The other theory is, is that he escaped. Yep. And then the other theory, and there's more, but the other theory is that it's he was killed. That they were going to kill and him. And all of them are equally plausible. Yeah, no joke. It's su- yeah, it definitely is. There is Remember, not one party involved in this that I would look at and be like, yeah, I trust what they're saying. Remember that he had the tattoo, if it, if that was real or not, I don't know. But remember he posted the image of the tattoo whacked. Uh, it was a dollar sign whacked. It was supposed to be a cryptocurrency, or it was supposed to be some s- smart something. Shitcoin advertisement. Up, just opened up, yeah, da- it was supposed to unlock data boxes after his death. Yeah. To drop information. I I never followed up on this, but I I didn't believe it to begin with. I don't think anybody should believe anything John McAfee ever said, but that's just me. From what I know, nothing ever came of that. There's so now we got three possible things. He died suicide. He was killed by somebody. And then with the side story there that there's some sort of information dump that may or may not have been released. Yeah. And then that his his death was a hoax, and then he's alive and he lives in in in, in probably, yeah, probably he's, in he's keeping, yeah he's, he's might, alive yeah. and he's keeping <laughs> yeah. that dead man switch from dropping. Maybe he lives in maybe he lives in Carcadia, like some sort of an Anne Frank situation. <laughs> <laughs> John, it's time for your beans. I lift up the floorboards. No officer, no, no international lunatics in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody's fine everybody's Every, fine yeah, yeah. i see you have a lot of belizean women frequenting into your building oh uh, yeah uh, it's a new yeah, thing for me yeah roberta uh, has a large family yeah, yeah. she's got a, got a large family yeah. i don't know so i you know here's the deal do i hope he's alive a hundred thousand percent it would be a great it would, it would be the best it would be Good better content. than db cooper yeah i mean it would be better than db cooper um it would be amazing 
I'm gonna play a. Let's do a little. Let's do a little clip here. Um, clip it up. I'm gonna clip it up here. Give me that clip. This is bold. This is a bold one. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, here it is. So, uh, DeSantis, shout out DeSantis Nation, Florida in the house. King DeSantis. The DeSantis Challenger got past my girl. Everybody knows about my girl, Nikki Freed. Mm. More she fat lost. tits. She, yeah. All right. She... <laughs> 4246. Just exhausting. You're going to censor that? It would be pretty it would be pretty bold if I did. Yeah, you get a bleep today. <laughs> yeah, I've you been need good. one I've been bleep. trying to be good. Yeah, you've been good. You I've been going to mass. Today. Oh, good for you. Well, mm. you know who hasn't been going to mass? Nikki Freed, and that's probably why she didn't get the Democratic vote. Probably not. But you know who did? <laughs> Charlie Crist, Charlie whose name Christ. almost sounds like Christ. Almost. Sounds familiar. So that's what, interesting. What is, why do I know that name? Well, Charlie Crist is a, is a long-time Democrat politician. Uh-oh. No, enemy of the show. Oh. And you'll see why. You'll see why, dude. You'll see why. Okay? Because I have an audio clip here that I, fu- that I think is damning, actually. But also, it's probably a really bold play. So check this out. Here's a really bold play by the Democrat nominee for the gubernatorial race in Florida against Ron DeSantis. This is his play. This is the kind of guy he is. Those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him. And I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. I want the vote of the people of Florida who care about our state. He is on the battlefield of hate. I am on the battlefield of love. And if he wants to run on hate and culture wars and dividing people and making people hate each other, that's his turf. It's not mine. I'm on a different plane. <laughs> so, I'm on a how different do you, plane. I'm on a different plane. <laughs> Just kind of pouty. Like, I know, yeah. How do, you, how do you like that strategy if... I don't even want your vote. Is how good of a strategy is that? This is a democracy. I win by getting votes. I don't want your vote. I don't want your vote is something that I don't think that I've actually even heard Trump say. Yeah. But I love the moxie of it. Yeah, the reverse so, psychology. Like people. Are yeah, like, well, it's like I want don't even vote. want your vote. What? So that because think about it this way, it's a bold play, because I don't think it'll work. But if it does work. Man, you could strut right into the the Florida version of the White House, right? You could strut in and go, "Thanks for fucking nothing." (laughs) Thanks, I I never needed your shitty little (laughs) fucking vote anyway. Ha! And then you can basically redirect all of the water systems to the cities that didn't vote for you. That's right. Redirect it to cities that have love in their heart, not hate. Yeah, I like that. I like the hippie message. I'm on the plane of love, baby. I'm on the plane of love. I'm on the plane of love. Well, no Charlie Chris, allowed. good luck to him. I'm voting for him because I really like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give him a vote. I'll give him one. I'll give him one. Um, we got a few more stories here. Uh, does anybody want to break down? Uh, you've been watching a lot of War Room, Aaron. Does anybody mm. want to break down the story? About the fake heiress 
uh, of the Rothschild family who snuck her way into like Mar-a-Lago and became friends with Trump. Oh, I did. I saw this. Yeah, is what, this, what is this the deal is fucking that? wild, dude. I didn't I'm take notes on this. I'm actually completely in the dark about this. Oh, oh wow, yeah. I didn't take notes on this. But uh, this woman, who's fluent in a lot of different languages, was invited to Mar-a-Lago last year um, because she was going under the fake name Anna de Rothschild, boasting to be one of the family members of the Rothschild family. Uh, the FBI said she was a subject of a major crimes unit investigation mm -hmm. before when they found this out. Her name is, um, her real name is Ina Yashichin. So okay. she's like, I don't know, Ukrainian or Russian or something, uh, which probably matters, but I don't know. Um, but she was going under the fake name Anna de Rothschild. Miami license, if you can believe it. Miami license. That's where she was living. Um, she, she, she is one of these people who, because Trump was storing, you know, classified information at Mar-a-Lago, now the FBI is going, okay, so who is this person, this strange woman with a Russian name who pretended to be a member of the Rothschild family? So I don't know if they've arrested this woman or not, but uh, I thought this was pretty weird. That there's this woman who's gone like a large amount of her life pretending to be a member of the Rothschild family, but is not. And then eventually she makes her way into Mar-a-Lago. There's like she made her way into Mar-a-Lago like a lot of times. And besides that, she has driver's licenses from Russia, Florida and China. She <laughs> also had a bunch of fake driver's licenses. They're one from Canada, for instance. Hmm. So... I don't know what the fuck the deal is. You're, People uh, don't know who she works for. Probably GRU. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, but I saw that. That's something we got to keep our eye on because that could be spicy. Mm -hmm. You remember when the fucking guy who farted on the, on the news had sex with the Chinese spy, right? Eric Swalwell had sex yeah. with the Chinese spy. So this is like, I like this spy stuff. Yeah, it's, it's pretty spicy. I like it's it. It's fucking spicy, dude. I hope they it's go after spicy. Trump for that because, like you said, that, that, that'll just be like another little tick for right-wingers to be like, well, Eric Swalwell's still like on Twitter talking about whatever he's yeah. talking about. I forget what he tweeted yeah. earlier. Man, what is he yep. talking about? Yep. Um, I'm going to leave you with a really upsetting story. All right, this will be our last story for the day. It's very upsetting. Car... I hinted to you about it on our Over the Line episode, which we haven't recorded yet, but will be out at the release time of this episode. <clears throat> so go check out the Over the Line thread. Hooters waitress caught dipping hot wings in her vagina. Oh, yeah, I did see this, yeah. So this is upsetting because I don't know if you heard of the vabbing trend. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the vabbing trend? Yeah, we, I think we covered mm -hmm. it here on the TV. vabbing trend. It's gone really far. This is a subset of vabbing. So this is a, the woman's name is Jessica Sinclair, which I don't believe is a real name. I think that's a stripper name. I don't think that's a real name. Coworkers witnessed her dipping. And I don't, fellas, in the context of a vagina, 
I don't understand really what dipping means. Yeah, it's, I don't yeah. It feel like the right word choice. Like, was she, like, on her back, like, literally, like, dipping it in? Int- dipping hot wings, hot wings, into her vagina before serving them to customers. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, I'm, I'm not a woman, but that sounds like it should be painful. I know that if I, like, rubbed my dick on hot wings, that would probably hurt after a little bit. Been a bit. while since you've done that. Right? Yeah, been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. We shut but that down, pretty, it, we shut that down quick when we started the studio. We had to shut down that behavior pretty quick. So here's the deal. They're yeah, trying to figure out, and this is really get, where it gets weird. They're trying to figure out if she's on her period or not. Because oh, the AIDS. introduction of blood into the crime of what she's of doing, tampering with food. Tampering with food, this is wild, guys. Tampering, and this is all Fauci. Tampering with food using human blood is a criminal offense that carries up to 20 years in prison. Mm-hmm. This, is a big, this is a big deal. Family members of the perpetrator claim that while she has the appearance of a well-put-together young woman, she suffers from multiple personality disorder and has a long history of incidents that either end in jail or the mental hospital. <laughs> I hope she gets help. I will say that, right? Sure. Yeah, help in jail. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I hope she gets all the help she needs in jail. In jail. <laughs> in jail. Yeah, that's we're, pretty We're uh, a very pro-jail podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm, a hu- yeah. I'm a huge fan. The only speaking other of- story that I have... Oh, go ahead, Carr. Uh, I was going to say, speaking of things that we are, uh, we are the number one Biden tracking podcast that I'm aware yes. of. Did you... Is this your last story? Uh, no, I only had the story about worm burgers, which I was only going to say I don't want to talk about. Okay. okay. Well, let's not talk about it, <laughs> and let's talk about Joe Biden's most recent appearance uh, at the podium with uh, three hands. Did you see this? Well, this isn't the first mm-hmm. time it's happened. Of course not. And no. probably won't be the last. I did. Yes, I saw. There's as you, there's many folks who we've become that, those guys on Twitter. By the way, yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who messaged me, and I know you, and on the timeline about seeing this third arm. It's not the first time it's even happened. No. We could go back and find it again. Because the whole thing is fake. Do we want to issue a retraction to all of our claims that we made that he has no hands? Yeah, that's really what I wanted to discuss, because we need to be on the right side of history here. We do. No. Listen, if a civil war breaks out, sounds like it's... It's going to be between no hands and three and hands. Three hands, and let me, we need to make let, sure let me, that we are on the right side. Let me mm-hmm. let me put it to you this way: Can you imagine a person without hands? Yeah, yeah Joe, Joe Biden. Have you ever seen a person with three arms? Mm. Yes, I have now. Yeah, that's true. Well, before this case, mm, no. no, right? It's uncommon okay. to say the least, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier to put arms on than take them off. I still think no hands Biden tracks with this. Okay. Are we still, because I mean, there's a lot on the line here. Are we, are we going no hands? We, we are on the line. And we're now letting and now we're about to go over the line (laughs) on Patreon, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. 
Car and I recorded an episode where we were going to talk about the news, and then I went ballistic with a plan. Yeah, actually, I I'm, I'm very excited for the plan. So uh, if you're at all interested in some hijinks, I think this will be actually this will be much more involved uh, than the uh, long deer uh, escapades of 2021. For me, though. It yes. will not be a group. It effort. will not be a group effort. Um, no. But but if you want to be involved in it, I definitely recommend listening. We don't know exactly how we're going to structure it. Obviously, that'll be up to Bird. But we were discussing it on the. OTL. There'll be more. Yeah, there will. We'll, yeah, there's so, a lot going. Yeah, on. I'm very excited for the project. I think it's going to bring a lot of whimsy. I think it's going to bring a lot of interesting, uh, you know, topics that we can cover. Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be really good. Before we um, before we do log off and send our listeners over the line to listen to that. Uh, I did want to just touch base on, and we were talking about this on the episode as well, um, the kind of Federal Reserve Davos group situation. Oh, thank you. Yes, please. There's not a whole lot of uh, development from last week to this week, um, because really, I think what we're waiting for now, and this is why I wanted to touch base on it, because it's coming up, is September, there's a slew of hot-button events that will be... um, both upstream and downstream of the situation um, what, on the feds calendar you mean like well what do you i mean? mean yep that's one uh the fed will be releasing their interest rate target uh i believe later in september i want to say the 18th don't hold me to that i'm not looking at my calendar um but it's it's later the next big checkpoint that i know of is the ecb is releasing their interest rate target on september 8th which will be actually the day after we release our next episode oh, so i'll great. try and touch base on that and then of course you have the italian elections september 25th and by my brief reading of italy and i can't remember if we were talking about it in here or if i was just texting jake about it but that's kind of a powder keg and it, it kind of always has been <laughs> guy, guy who looks to his left and right and goes italy is kind of a powder keg <laughs> <laughs> yeah has anybody else noticed this no okay. <laughs> no you're um, absolutely right yeah things are gonna pop off man yeah and so you and just a little bit of background on the italy thing I, i'm pretty pretty sure what the situation just huge 30,000 foot view is that there's a right wing populist arguably yes. fascist movement because it never, you know, that never really left Italy um, going on there and the increasing inflation in Europe, which is freaking crazy. Um, hmm. We actually had a listener uh, send, uh, I think it was on, I can't remember if he DM me or how it was out on the timeline talking about his electric bill in Britain, which is probably one of the least affected of the Northern countries that I know yeah. of. But, uh, the, so they have this right wing kind of fascist uh, movement in Italy, and this guy might win if they can't get inflation under lady. control. The lady, uh, dude. oh, late, oh, that's right, that's right, that's yeah. right. Yes, we have talked about this. Um, yeah, she uh, she posted a uh, a video of a woman being raped on her Twitter the other day. What? Um, yeah, it was a video of a migrant raping an Italian woman. She posted oh. it on her Twitter the other day, and it okay. fucking it went wild. Yeah, yeah, she's uh. <laughs> She's uh she's trouble she's like a troublemaker for sure. Uh, not yeah. to my regime, but to somebody's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no joke. So, um, anyway, some something to keep your eye on. And related to that is the ongoing uh, energy crisis over there. Which you know, it's always tough with the the news is always uh, you know hyping things up. But I'm just looking at at like energy futures markets and stuff like that. And man. This could be a really, really rough winter for a lot of Europe. And, and if if even 10% of what I'm seeing is actually factually true in terms of people 
uh, posting electric bills and talking about their electric prices. Um, and I think it might be because the governments have been talking about it, man, it is going to get, it's going to get gnarly. Um, so anyway, some things to keep your eye on. The other interesting thing that Jake texted me, apparently, so apparently I, and I think this, I think the way this breaks down is that, um, Europe, European countries can borrow from the ECB at a rate determined by their GDP, which I guess in this fiat system makes, you know, some sort of sense. Uh, uh, Europe, European countries have started to include drugs and prostitution into their GDP so they can borrow more. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. Big moves. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, kind of. I know that uh, Russia just cut France's natural gas supply yeah. by whatever percent. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and I think I think what's happening is they're starting to become like basically a secondary market, almost like laundering gas through Turkey and China. Um, mm. And so Europe is buying uh, LNG uh, from Turkey and China that China just literally bought from Russia. Yeah. So cities, it, in, yeah. Uh, cities in Germany are running out of firewood. Um, yeah, I saw that headline. <laughs> That's like one of those that? sensationalist yeah. headlines that I'm like, is that true? Oh, but based want, yeah, on but based was, on everything I'm seeing, I'm like, yeah. oh golly, maybe you know, even yeah. if they're not using it right now, I, I I wouldn't doubt that the citizens are prepping. No, oh no, they're using it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Is it? <laughs> yeah, oh I, I was listening. It was on it was on the TV and from a more reputable station than One American News. Also, um, they, yeah, they were basically like interviewing Pete, like you know, country folk. But not like that far out, and they were like, "Yeah, we got a, we have one store of wood for the entire six hundred person town, <laughs> uh, and so not looking great." Yeah, be a cold winter. Makes you think about that video. This is a MAGA point, right? This is a thing that MAGA people bring up, but it, but it really is something. Uh, the video has been circulating again of Donald Trump warning the German delegation uh, about um, relying on. Russian energy and shutting down their own energy production systems. And they laugh at them. Yeah. Yeah. And that was 2018. Wow. Yeah. So Teflon Don still doesn't miss. Yeah. Anything anyway. going on with little Amal? Nope. Um, well, we had a piece of news not too long ago that she's, she's yeah, up and I, I about. Would assume, I think, uh, I think she was going on some tour to begin in, uh, here, let me, yeah, yep. with like a theater troupe or whatever, uh-huh. art art festival. Fuck yeah, you know. So. But yeah. take us out, car. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Go uh go check out our over the line episode. Uh, you said that's dropping tomorrow. To, well, today. Uh, uh, immediately after this. So Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday at noon and fifty five cool uh so go check that out uh, look for some over, more over the line stuff from us i have an interesting podcast hopefully coming up that i will not disclose on the main show on over the line you'll hear me tease it and i've reached out to the guy and uh and i think we're gonna try and make it happen ah great so um pretty excited about that and uh yeah i guess if there's nothing else until next week two hands on the wheel